Welcome to B&B Financially Free, the podcast for ambitious individuals chasing financial freedom through buying short-term rental investments. We're your hosts, Chantel and Peter, and we're the founders of Good Neighbor Realty. Our brokerage has helped hundreds of people turn their active income into passive income by buying unique properties in incredible locations that are earning a ton of money. On this show, we'll bring on a diverse range of guests from industry experts to everyday people who have achieved extraordinary results in their short-term rental investments, businesses, and personal lives. Whether you're seeking tactical advice or trying to unlock your richest life, BNB Financially Free is here to join you on the journey. Welcome to episode three of BNB Financially Free. Woo! Woo! We're excited to have Alexa Ferguson in our little studio today. We're actually in the office, and Alexa is one of our brokers at Good Neighbor Realty. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. You bet. Um, So I am really excited to chat with you today because of your experience in particular with house hacking. How many homes do you have now? We have three houses now. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I just want to hear more about how did you get interested in real estate investing at first? Because I've known you for a long time. I, in fact, I can't even remember when I didn't know you. It's at true. This point. We were in, we were wee babes. We really were. In so Florida. Maybe you could tell the story of us. <laughs> story. This is going to take and a how, turn. And how this led to where you, your real estate investing journey from being a wee girl in Florida to now someone who owns three short okay. rentals. Well, it all goes back to the Christmas pageant. <laughs> No, Chantal and I grew up together. We were in the same church and we did this crazy Christmas pageant and it really made us who we are today. Anyway, that's a whole nother (laughs) podcast. Um, Okay, so we got into real estate investing. Um, My husband, Reed, he actually got us into it. He was in grad school. Um, Instead of taking a job because he had kind of a light schedule, he was like, let me learn how to manage money. (laughs) So he started reading all these books, listening to all these podcasts, and he was like, hey, this house hacking idea is like what we need to do. We were like planning to get married and move and whatever. So we were like, all right, let's do it. So we moved to Denver. We were like pretty fresh out of school. We had just gotten married. We were 24 and we had like no money um and we were like let's buy our first house (laughs) seemed like a good idea and um, we put three and a half percent down um we bought our first house for 380 which was really great um yeah glory days low interest rate and then we rented our basement um originally as a long-term rental and we made like 1500 dollars a month which was like half our mortgage which was amazing and then we're like let's try this whole airbnb thing see if it's it was it was like a new no one was talking Mm -hmm. about it really even Mm -hmm. then and um we're like let's just try it and then we're like oh we're making double what we were making when we had a long-term person down here so that really like got us into it we went hard in airbnb after that we had the itch for sure so then we moved out of that house we um rented the whole house Mm -hmm. as a full Airbnb. And then it became a cash flowing asset for us that we'll hold on to for a really long time. Did it again at a second house that was just like a mile away, rented the basement, lived for free. Um, And then recently moved out of that one. Now that one is a full Airbnb that cash flows for us. And now we're living in our third one and we rent the basement of that one. We'll probably stay there for a little bit longer, but that's kind of 
been our journey so far. I love that. So when Reed first told you about house hacking, were you, did you have any context for this? Were you initially on board? Were you excited about it? Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I was like, that makes so much sense to purchase a property that will appreciate over time. This is like a long game thing for us from the beginning. And then have other people pay our mortgage, even if it's just a part. And initially our goal was just to like reduce expenses as as much as we could. So yeah, like cut out our biggest expense, which is our living expense. And so that instantly like changed the game for us financially. And then our goals have sort of evolved from there. But um, that was kind of the initial thing. I was on board. Yeah, it's, I'm grateful that Reed and I have kind of grown together in this way over since like we started right when we got married and we've both grown in passion for this thing and how it has like changed our financial lives. And so that's been cool. That is really cool. So when you first purchased your primary residence, what were you doing at the time? Have, were yeah. you in real estate at the time? So I was doing public relations for attorneys um, it wasn't my passion, <laughs> to say the least. It was fine. It was a great company, but I was just like, I just don't like care about this truly to, like, to de- dedicate all my time to it. So yeah, I had a W-2 job. Um, Reed is a structural engineer, so he also had a W-2 job. I think we got our first mortgage off of like our offer letters that we had. And we put, I think it was like $17,000 down or something, and we had our we wanted to buy a car at the same time so we asked our parents to give us a private loan for that so we could actually qualify for the house like we really started with um as little as you could which worked for us at the time mm-hmm. and tell us about the initial setup so you started with long-term rental and then you had to convert to short-term rental and obviously you don't need furniture or did you furnish it for the long-term rental no we didn't and it was also like covid hit Right when we bought this house, literally while we were under contract, we were under contract for 90 days because COVID hit in the middle. (laughs) So that was wild. But um, yeah, so we were like, I don't think that Airbnb is even a thing if we wanted to try it right now. And so we just put a long-term person there for six months. And then we wanted to give Airbnb a shot. So then we furnished and we went really simple, some Facebook marketplace stuff, some cheap furniture really like not design. <laughs> if I've learned one thing over the past few years is that design is not my skill set. <laughs> I think it looks so good. And then I look back and I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> like, Why would anyone want to stay here? But um, yeah, it was really bare bones, really minimal. And um, I think we furnished our first one for like maybe just under $5,000. Um, yeah, so that's that was set up for the first one. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, so how... How do you think that like Airbnb and like house hacking has kind of like given you more freedom throughout just like the short time that you've really been investing here? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's changed a lot of our clients' lives. It's changed on top of my life as well. Um, what do you think the impact is for just investing for just, just such a short time? Yeah. So it's pretty wild to think like, so we're on our third property now. It's only three houses. It's nothing crazy. And we are are all of our we just moved into the third one and started renting the second one so all of our projections are saying we should be netting sixty thousand dollars a year from these three properties which is wild that was like more than i 
made in my PR job, you know? So that has been really powerful for us in the sense of it just gives us options. So when I wanted to, I started doing real estate on the side while I was still working my PR job just to like speed up our, our investing. Like we wanted to make money faster. I was like, I'll do two deals a year, whatever. And then I was like, wait, this is like way more fun and fulfilling working with investors. This is like my true passion. So I wanted to take that full time, but it's really scary to go from W2 to full commission. And because we had our properties making us money, it was much easier. I was like, if I don't, if I can't get business for a couple of months, like we're fine. Our properties are at the minimum covering all of our biggest expenses. And then most of the time making us money too. So gave me freedom to move into a career that I actually was passionate about, which was awesome. And then now it just gives us flexibility. Like say I have a slow month working, we're covered. Say I want to go on vacation for a bit. We're fine. We can do that. Say Reed wants to leave his job eventually. Like we can do all those things. And what we want to do with that flexibility has sort of evolved over the years. But the fact is that we do have options now, which is cool. I think that that's really exciting to think about because, you know, so many people when they're purchasing a property, they are so nervous about like the investment and because it feels like very committal, you know, like you're getting a mortgage and that mortgage is for 30 years and it feels like, oh man, like this is going to give me less freedom by Mm -hmm. taking on this debt. But I felt the same way. Like as soon as I had my living expenses covered by house hacking, and then I went and moved on to like having that asset actually make me money every single month. Now my short-term rental portfolio is like my my safe blanket. Like yeah. everything else that I do outside of short-term rental still feels more risky than mm-hmm. my short-term rental investments. But when you're getting started, that feels like the most risky step in the beginning. Yeah, no, it's so true. And it really has been that for us. And of course, you want to think about exit strategy should something wild happen again. But yeah, it truly is like our safety net in a lot of ways. So yeah, it's been cool. Let's go back to just your portfolio. So you purchased the first one for 380. How much was that basement apartment earning as a short term rental? And how much is it earning today as a whole home Mm -hmm. rental? So that basement average over the year was making like $3,000 a month. Now as a whole house, it averages like $6,000 a month. Nice. Yeah. Um, and that's a gross number. And then our second property is similar. It actually makes a little bit more. I think it's just bigger and nicer. Um, so that one would average probably like $8,000 a month as a whole house. And what was the purchase price on the second one? Second one was four ninety five, dollars with still like a percent interest rate or something which was really nice but it probably felt high after your 2.8 percent yeah and going from 380 to 495 i was like this is almost 500 like this is crazy (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so it was a jump Yeah. yeah and then where are your properties located in proximity to our office here in denver metro so they're like 12 minutes north yeah it's denver city adams county so it's it's short terminal friendly Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what are those properties worth now? So obviously they're cash flowing, but did they increase in value since you purchased them? Yeah. So the first one we got in at such a good time, like totally unaware. Um, But bought that one for 380 that both of the, and the second was 495. Both of them are like mid 500s now, which is amazing. 
yeah. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. So that is like a huge jump in like, A, your monthly income mm-hmm. from these two properties. And then B, the asset itself has appreciated a lot. Yeah, which has been amazing. And that's kind of a big part of the strategy too is like as we buy these properties it's like we're setting up little piggy banks that are just growing and growing over how long we own them and at the same time they're making us generating us cash flow right now that we can use so it's really like a it's like a win-win in so many ways and what's what I love about that too is this initially was reduce expenses, how fast can we like retire, blah, 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 travel the world. And now it's more like an, an abundance mindset a little more so of like, we're generating wealth from this. This can be passed on to generations after us. Like I can give my children a cash flowing asset or just be like, hey, I'm selling this property. I'm going to send you to school or you know what I mean? Like there's just so much that you can do with it. Um, and so that's been really cool for us to realize too. Yeah, it's a super cool. I mean, so I guess like the next question that our audience is probably already asking is like, you know, what's next for Alexa and Reed? Mm, That's the question. (laughs) (laughs) So we're in, uh, we just moved into a new house that's really in like our dream location. Um, and where is that in case anybody would like to visit <laughs> <Yeah>. Berkeley, Colorado, <laughs> <laughs> off of Tennyson street. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're in our, our dream spot and our two first houses like pay for this one in the summers fully. And then we're renting the basement of our current house. Cause we just can't stop. <laughs> we just can't stop. So, um, Anyway, so I think we want to be in this house for a while. We just like love living there. And then um, we are renting our basement now. But I think once we like grow our family, I think we'll want to stop renting the basement and use the entire house. So it's almost like someone else is helping pay down our mortgage in the meantime. And we'll grow into this house, Mm. which I think is really cool. And then as far as investments, um, I think... Next for us would probably be something in the mountains. It's a big part of what we do. And I keep doing this for clients. And I'm like, when is it going to be me? (laughs) When's Alexa's turn to have a cabin? Um, But yeah, I think that would be cool for the next thing to have somewhere that like our family can go and hang out. And then is also a lucrative investment. I like two things that you said a little bit earlier, too. So, you know, at some point, your why in this journey kind of changed. Like, you kind of changed from, like, just wanting to cover your expenses. And then you wanted to cash flow. And now you want to actually, like, build wealth and build, like, a portfolio because you've seen that you can do that. And I really relate to that, too. Like, I think at some point in my journey, in my career, like, I was just like, I don't want to have to work. Like, I will do anything not to have to work. But then once you have, like, that financial freedom and your needs are actually covered, you're like, wait, I like work. In fact, like, I'm enjoying, like, the journey of, like, getting higher income. I love that you increased your income too in this journey from, you know, the point where you were working for a law firm to now the point where you're a career real estate agent and earning much higher income. Mm -hmm. It's cool to see how that evolution happened to you. Mm -hmm. And I also love what you said about just having like the little piggy bank. So can you like touch on that a little bit further? Like, what do you think this portfolio will mean to you guys long term? How do you see this growing over Mm -hmm. time? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about, like, 
the rate of appreciation here is so solid and like things are just really growing rapidly. And so I think like, I don't know, I think 30 years from now when we have like these homes paid off, I mean, who knows how much they're going to be worth? Like 800K, a million, like, I don't know, but they're, they're close to downtown. They're in great locations. Um, and so I think down the line, they're going to be like big, they're going to pay off huge for us and properties that we can either hold on to and have no monthly payment that just make us money or something that we can sell and really cash out on. So yeah, it, it's exciting to think about what it could be in the long term. Yeah, I love that thought because, I mean, if you're making $6,000 a month and obviously you have expenses related to that, maybe $2,500 in mortgage, maybe another $1,500 in cleaning. Imagine if you didn't have that mortgage payment. Yeah. Like once it's, you know, an asset that's paid off. And I think, Peter, you talk a lot about this too. Like, can you make more money in short-term rental every year as well? Like, could we expect for short-term rental income to increase with time? Yeah, I would say that like real estate's like such a powerful wealth generation tool in the long term because like your mortgage payment stays the same for the uh, for the most part. I mean, unless your property taxes go up just a little bit, but like essentially your monthly payment stays the same and like inflation goes up and you, every year you can charge a little bit more for Airbnb. Every year your house goes up a little bit more. I mean, you know, a, a lot of our uh, I guess a lot of our clients are like serial entrepreneurs as well. So they're always looking for like other stuff and, you know, they're doing Turo and stuff and they're like trying to rent out their cars, but it's just not the same. It's just not as good as real estate because the, the asset is always depreciating in, in most of these other businesses. So like if you can like stick with real estate in the long term, it will automatically give you more financial security like every year. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that like our, all three of our portfolios will like in the long run, they'll already be like enough financial security for like our own little families, yeah. I think. Um, but of course, like, you know, with the abundance mindset, we're just always like, hey, like, you know, the more people we can help, the the more wealth we can grow, like, you know, the, the better we can enrich other people's lives mm -hmm. around us. And adding to that too, I think, there's also ways to accelerate how much more we can make off of the same property. Mm -hmm. So we, I was saying that initially, we just like put whatever simple minimalist furniture in our house. And then we rented the house, it did fine. In the, in the next few years, a lot more short-term rentals came on the market. And so there was a lot more you had to do to be competitive and really be like a top performing property in your area. So we've gone back and refurnished one property. We're doing another one right now um, because it just will accelerate how much you can make that property like overnight. Mm -hmm. So we went back and we had a designer redo that property and the first one. The first one. Okay. Yep. So originally you just set it up with kind of Facebook marketplace, like bare bones. Did you do that on the upstairs too for yep. that one? Originally? Yeah. Okay. All just ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why are people staying here? It's so ugly. But anyways. <laughs> and I think that that's like such a good point though. Like, and we said this uh, in our first episode, but the market has really changed. Like at some point, that was working. Mm -hmm. Like you were way ahead of the curve if you had like matching anything. And yeah. If you had professional photography, which you did. I mean, her place wasn't that ugly. Like 
<laughs> but like talk talk to us now about like the the investment that you made again into that property mm-hmm. and how you've seen that property perform since that investment. Yeah. So we yeah. When we had it just very simply furnished, it was grossing like fifty five thousand a year. Top properties in our area should be making like eighty to ninety thousand. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, hmm, we are way behind the curve here. Like we were doing well. Now there's ones that are way better than us. Um, so we had a designer come in and we tried to have her like use what she could from the property to kind of be a little bit uh, cost effective with it. And then we just like sold whatever she couldn't use, um, which ended up being a lot of stuff because she was like this. I can't do anything with this. <laughs> this couch is just ugly. This belongs in the yeah. trash. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ow, but okay. <laughs> You're the expert. So she came in and redesigned it, I think for like 15,000. Um, and it looks so good. We went granny chic with it because Ooh. the house has like these kind of old things about it, like pink tile in the bathrooms. And we did this fun, like dark turquoise paint on like the walls and the ceiling. I just think it, I love it. Um, anyway, and now we're on track to do conservatively like 75,000 this year with that house. So it was an investment of cash up front, but in the long run, it's really going to make a big difference. That's crazy because I mean that 15,000 that you put up front, not only do you get that back in year one, but you can get $5,000 more Mm -hmm. than that in year one. And then that's going to continue to happen like every year. Yep that goes past Mm -hmm. that is so cool and interesting that you were able to redesign that Mm -hmm. um something that people ask me about all the time is like why are people renting basement units Mm -hmm. like what type of people stay in your basements like why are they there what are they doing where are they from how many of them are down there i'm like why are you we've had people like honeymoon in our basement and that I'm is like, wild. I'm like, oh man, I hope you're having a good time. <laughs> but um, yeah, people come for all sorts of reasons. There's there's parents who are here to help move their daughter in down the street. There's families here for a softball tournament. There's people who are here on a work trip. People who just want to come see the area, um, like visit Denver, Red Rocks concerts, the whole thing. Usually, like, we allow max of four people down there. We don't want anyone getting rowdy. We have noise machines everywhere just in case. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting to see what kind of people come and stay in your basement. Um, and, yeah, people don't mind that you're not necessarily in downtown Denver um, as long as you're close in proximity to most things. Like our other two houses are right where all the highways sort of meet. So it's like a quick shot up to Boulder, a quick shot out to Red Rocks, 12 minutes to downtown. So it works for people. And there's a water park in that area. Water World, <laughs> never been, but sounds cool. <laughs> We're going to have a team outing at Water World. For sure. Water World is fantastic. I grew up here in Denver, so I've actually been. Uh, Would you recommend? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It really is. Uh, if you put on sunscreen, it's, I should list it as good. an amenity, is what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that that pause said everything. You know. <laughs> um, and then in comparison, so you know, obviously the house that you bought 
recently was, you know, a much higher investment, a much nicer home. It's in a really great area. How does that basement perform in comparison to your other properties? Is there a big difference in being walkable to amenities and restaurants and bars? So there has been a pretty big difference. It, it's about $1,000 more a month that that, proper, that that basement is making. And I do think it's because of... So from like three to 4000 Yep, okay. generally over the year. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And yeah, it's just, it's super walkable. People can walk to shops and restaurants. You're super close to downtown. And so, and it has a full kitchen, which is nice. Um, so yeah, that has definitely made a difference, I've noticed. Yeah, that's interesting to think about. There's definitely a trade-off in that too, because so I still have a basement rental going. I have a property that basically acts as a triplex and one of them is a basement unit. And it is interesting because, you know, a lot of times people are like, why would people stay here? And it's really the fact that they have to stay there because Denver County is really expensive, especially in like those walkable areas, like the area that you're in kind of entry level is like 850 there. Median is more around 900 to a million. And so like, those stays are not always available because people that are purchasing in that price point might not be thinking about renting their basement. It might not be a need for them. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times the demand is pushed to the neighboring suburbs just because of what's available in a market. Like sometimes the best that you can do on renting a short-term rental is between 10, 15 minutes to downtown. So it's not necessarily that, you know, the property is in the destination, but it's close to the exactly. destination yeah and regulations have a lot to do with it too in denver county you cannot rent as a short-term rental unless it is your primary residence so a lot and we talk about this all the time all a lot of the demand gets pushed to the neighboring neighborhoods so like we're, we're our other my our other two properties are your guys properties are um so i think that's a big part too mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah so um i guess i have a, a pretty straightforward question too. So like for a lot of people that are just getting started, um, a lot of our clients who are newer, who are like maybe just getting into house hacking, the landscape for Airbnb and for real estate is a little bit different now than, than when you started. Uh, do you have any like tips or advice? I, I mean, of course, all three of us are still, you know, aggressively trying to increase our portfolios. And, uh, you know, as an experienced investor, like what would you say is like, yeah, like an important or like important tips for mm -hmm. newer investors. I mean, I would say there's never, you can never really time the market, first mm -hmm. of all. So right now interest rates are high and competition's a little bit slower. When interest rates go down, prices are gonna shoot back up, competition's gonna shoot back up. So there's just no perfect time. So the best time to buy is whenever it works for you, when you can qualify for what you want, when the timing makes sense. So that's the first thing. And then I would say as far as like, if you're afraid if this is gonna work for you, I think that, so I have three properties in four years that are netting me $60,000 total. So I think the same thing is possible. Maybe it takes a little bit longer. Um, you know, maybe you have to refinance to get there, but it's all very possible still. So I think it's still a great time to get in the game. And if you're wanting to house hack, you're still, moving if you're moving from renting to owning you're still moving from just literally f throwing your money away every month or paying someone else's mortgage to suddenly making your money work for you you know like you're setting up that little piggy bank that we we're talking about 
and that's going to pay off for you in the long run. And then, and then if you're house hacking, you are reducing your expense down to less than what your rent would be almost every time anyway. So I think it's still a great move for people. Um, yeah. So my, I guess my tip would just be, don't be afraid to get in the game. I would say, they always say like, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and it always pays off in the end. Like we were afraid of 380 and 495 when we bought both of those. And now I'm like, thank God I bought those because now theirs are way more expensive, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's so important to just remember the fundamentals of real estate investing, because like, even if you weren't making any money on that asset, but that asset was just being paid down Mm -hmm. by other people at the end of 30 years, now you own this asset free and clear. Mm -hmm. And that asset has appreciated likely in value in some way. So even looking at it from like the most boring conservative perspective, you get those benefits, not to mention the tax savings that we'll get into on another episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then on layering on top of that, like fundamental ideas, short-term rental is the best thing that you can do with your money in real estate. So it's, it's going to make you the most money of any other strategy. Long-term is not going to make you as much. Mid-term rentals aren't going to make you as much. So I'm like, I'm going to short-term rental as long as I possibly can. And then if something changes or I don't want to anymore or something that I can always, I have optionality, but, um, but that's still like the biggest money maker that you can do. So that keeps us going. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It was wonderful hearing about your journey in house hacking. Um, if you have any questions, how, or if our audience has any questions, how can they get in contact with you? Um, my Instagram is at Alexa Ferg underscore. Um, or don't forget the underscore. Um, or you can just email me. Um, should I say my email here? Yes. Yeah. Alexa at the good neighbors.com and love to connect with people. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will talk with you all soon. As always, thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend who's also interested in real estate investing. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a review wherever you listen or watch your podcasts.